0: On today's very special episode of It's Not What You Sell, It's How You Sell It, I am sharing a recording of an interview that I did with Simon Meadows on the Business Success and Coffee podcast. So we talk a little bit about coffee, but more importantly, we talk about some of the things that will help you to generate more sales more quickly in your business and help you to build a business that works for you. Hopefully you enjoy.
1: I'm joined by somebody that I don't actually know that well at all, but I was on some training that he did, and it was about inviting visitors to networking uh, through the use of social media and particular messaging, and I just knew, listeners, that I had to get Dave Dave Kelly as a guest on this podcast. So we've had some experience of obviously engaging with each other in the training, Dave, Uh, But tell the listeners and tell me a little bit more about you. I know on your LinkedIn profile it mentions podcaster, which always scares me because you probably know more about podcasting than I do. But just give us a little bit of an overview of you and what you're about.
0: Yeah, so uh, glad to be here. Thanks for the invite to come on. Um, Myself, I've been in sales my whole life. I was one of those people, probably one of those annoying people at school that had a tuck shop and I was earning and I always had a bit of money when no one had any money. I was making 40 quid a day. It was the best time of my life doing a tuck shopping competition with the ice cream van. Um, But then all through my professional career, I'd always done sales. And then the more I learned more about sales and doing sales roles, I felt that my biggest value I could add to the marketplace was helping people to achieve their goals through building their business that worked for them rather than them feeling like they're working for a business. So in what I do now within Sales Union, I focus on the journey from a starting point of wondering who your target client is, where they are, where they congregate, what it is that they need from you. I help businesses to build the solutions that they've got to clients' problems so that they can build compelling offers that are almost too good to turn down and ultimately help those business owners to run a business that works for them rather than them feeling like they're working 40, 50, 60 hour weeks and not actually having the life that they want to live. So that's what I'm passionate about and that's what I do within my business day to day.
1: I, I can remember signing up for an e-learning academy, it to be 12, 13 years ago, uh, with a guy in Canada. And I was trying to create a name for this academy. And he said, call it the, the, the Sterling Sales Academy. And I said, but it's not really about sales. And he said, it is a little bit, because uh, it is about creating stories and offers and things like that. He said, but people are more open to accepting help with their sales, they'll admit that they their sales aren't as good as they need to be. He said they won't admit that their business isn't as good as it uh, could be or that they're not as good as it could be. Is that something that's still true? Do you, think, do, do you think people still readily accept that they need help with sales?
0: So I'm listening to a book at the moment, funnily enough, just yesterday, and the author in the book actually was talking about the fact that what a lot of people see as a problem in their business, they see that it's not them. They see it as the thing that's the problem. Yeah. And when you talk about sales... There's so many people out there that think they're not experts in sales and then in their business, they're saying the sales element of my business isn't working effectively. when well, no, it's you're not managing it effectively if you are in charge of it. Yeah. And I think you mentioned networking before, that's prime for it. If you go to an event that's full of business owners and you ask the question, who here would say they're a salesperson? Only half the room will put their hand up. But then if you say, look, hands down, change the question, who here would say one of the reasons they are here at this event is to grow their business or to generate more sales and every hand goes up and it's yeah. you know what I'm sorry to break it to you. You're all salespeople. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Zig Ziglar said, didn't he? He said you might not have sales in your job title, but you, my friend, if you deal with with people, you are in sales. Yeah. So,
1: uh, and, I, and, I, and I remember when I had the construction business. I had a 17 year old apprentice, and we had some targets up on the wall that everybody used to walk by. And one day he walked by this uh, sheet, and he said, "Oh, I can see we're we're slightly down on the housing maintenance sales this month." I've got the managing director of Westbury Homes coming out to see me on site uh, as part of my apprenticeship. Would you like me to ask her for more work? And that's just for a 17-year-old to say that who's an apprentice joiner, That that's quite exceptional, isn't it? You know, and, and quite a realisation on his part that he is there to help us grow our sales and grow our business.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to know where he was now. Yeah. I bet he's not just working as an apprentice joiner in a business. No, he understands business.
1: No, unfortunately, sure. he wasn't that good at a joiner's job, so I don't <laughs> know where he is now.
0: Well, hopefully, definitely, he's gone into something else. Yeah, it?
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I told you, I saw you take a, a sip out of your mug there. So tell us a little bit about the coffee and why you don't know what it is that you're necessarily drinking.
0: <laughs> so, do you know what? Again, as a salesperson, I had an. have got. i still got an office supplies business. I don't do anything within it. It's all I've got it managed by somebody else. But. Um, I knew enough about coffee to be able to sell coffee to people that were buying coffee. Yeah. If that's, yeah, if yeah. that makes sense, but we're selling coffee machines. We had a unique solution and um, where we would, we were distributing, we were the, we had an exclusive deal with a company called Keurig. We were based in Germany, but they had Starbucks coffee and they could sell it. We could yeah. sell it as pods into businesses. So it was something that I knew and there was little bits like an uh, espresso pods yeah, had yeah. a certain amount of, had a certain amount of coffee per, um, per pod. Yep. Whereas the Starbucks ones, it was like three times as much coffee. Yeah. So although the price was slightly higher for the Starbucks, you're getting three times as much coffee for the volume. So little things like that, I knew. But when, obviously when I knew it was coming on and I got into the studio today, I thought, oh, I need to get a drink. So I literally went into the kitchen. It's a shared kitchen in this studio that we've got. And I always have decaf coffee. Right. Because what I found myself doing, if I'm having, I don't drink coffee or tea or anything at home, I'd never have a warm drink.
1: Yeah.
0: And if I found myself having too much coffee, I'd find myself getting the shakes. So maybe I've not, <laughs> you know. I've not got my body used to it, so I'll have decaf wherever I can, just so that I don't start getting the shakes. Yeah. I remember meeting a network marketer that brought a coffee solution over to the UK, and he was the head of the whole thing. And he told me at a stat that for every cup of coffee that you drank, your body needed five glasses of water to get the pH balance right again. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Which sure is what he said, right?
0: Right, yeah. So he said, "What well, the reason that you'd get the shakes with the coffee is because it's because of that." And I thought, "All oh, right, that's interesting." So what I'm actually drinking is a decaf Arabica bean organic coffee because that was right. what was great. What was in there?
1: Yeah, uh, and, I, and I think you know, as as well as what you've told us about Nespresso pods, and I I use actually my coffee is a Nespresso pod, but it's a Starbucks Nespresso pod. Ah, right. uh, yeah. so I really like that, and it's a it's my usual blonde coffee. But it's interesting that really. It's not about we shouldn't drink coffee. It's just the fact that we should subsidise it with five glasses of water for every cup of coffee we drink. So there we have it, coffee drinkers. There we have it. It's all there. Do
0: you know what? Um, Another good coffee story as part of that same thing. We had this solution with a different machine that we started to do a few years later. We're going back probably five or six years, and there was a law firm that we were dealing with, and they wanted to provide. They understood that um, giving their clients a better experience than literally just coming in to see a law firm in an office would help yeah. with their overall solution. So what we did with them, they came up with a menu of all these different types of coffee that they could have. And we had different solutions with different levels of intensity. And there was a lady that was a, law, a solicitor in there, an employment lawyer. And she was she came home from work one day and her husband said to her, have you drove home? And she said, yeah, I, yeah, I have to have home, why? She went, how, how can you drive home after, like, you've obviously been drinking? She's like, I've not. And what she'd been doing was drinking this number 10 out of 10 intensity coffee. And he thought that she was absolutely wired because she'd been having too much to drink. i like, have not even had a drink. I've been drinking this coffee, and it was a, it was it was just a funny thing, a story in their Office. I oh, don't drink the intensity ten unless you're not used to it. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Different people love people love coffee, don't they? But yeah, I'm not I'm not one of the people that is is overly concerned with it.
1: Yeah, and I must have some some coffees I like that are really really strong, as you say, with the intensity there but it's, I like the taste. It's not the intensity, it's the, it's the taste. So it's whatever's in it. And I'm not a coffee snobbing looking for certain things, but I taste it. If I like it, I drink more of it. If I taste it and I don't like it, then I don't drink it anymore. And, you know, that's about as complex as my coffee tasting gets, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, well, apparently coffee is, is is quite sweet as it is, and it's only the stuff they put in it that makes it more bitter. So what um, someone you know that told that. me that's a coffee expert, if they you know a, yeah, yeah. aficionado or whatever they call themselves, is yeah, yeah. that if a coffee is really, really good, like a single bean coffee... You shouldn't need to add any sugar to it. If it's bitter, it's because of the stuff that we're adding into it. So wow. I, just, like, I know more about coffee than what I thought. Yeah,
1: so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and actually, we've had a couple of coffee experts that haven't known as much about coffee. So that's good. <laughs> so so tell us, Dave, and, you know, obviously, we, we met on the, the sales training as part of the uh, the BNI Business Networking International uh, training that you did. But what, what have you been working on? What would you like to share that something significant or something that's been evolving for you?
0: So from working across not even that many roles, to be fair, but working in business over the years, I could see things that when I was on training workshops or doing sales training that they seemed to be missing. And one frustration for me with any sort of sales training was that it would be a classroom-type environment where somebody was telling me something, in theory, the way something should be run. It'd be a role-play-type environment. It'd be like, right, you say this, it will develop this answer, and then you say this, and they yeah. go, oh, great, let's go ahead. And when I got into the field and tried to implement it, I would find that would never happen. So my thinking was, what a waste of time that training was when it's yeah. not helping me to move forward. So one thing I'm passionate about, what I do now, I'm passionate about is that any training that I ever deliver, and hopefully you'll be testament to this, mm-hmm. I like to give people, and it's my goal for that training, to give them something that they can implement literally immediately, yeah. and it will make an impact. It will make a difference. So that's something that I am passionate about. When yeah.
1: was... and it's, sorry, and it's interesting, uh, listeners as well, that when when I jumped on Dave's training. Uh, People were actually doing, I did it, you know, some of the things you were telling us to do, people were actually doing it whilst they were on the training. And I think that's always a good testament to both you as the training provider, but also the content, isn't it? Because if it's something you don't have to think that much about and you can actually just say, you know, I'm just going to do that I'm going to do it now. Yeah, and I've been on some great training of all different aspects, and that's, that's a sign of great training, so well done on that. So I think you're absolutely right. It's not just after, but if you can do it while you're on it, even better.
0: Yeah, well, listen, a confused mind always says no. So if yeah. you try to deliver something that is far too complicated or you express it in terms that people don't understand, they're never yeah. going to feel comfortable actually going away and implement it. So, I mean, maybe I'm just simple, I don't know, but I like to try to break it down to be as simple as possible so that people can action it, they can implement it, and then ultimately they want more of it
1: yeah but don't don't you find and i'm sure listeners you'll agree as well that globally and in all areas of business the one idea that is massive and does so well usually is the one that is so simple in the beginning it might get layers of complexity as it starts to develop but that initial concept is usually the most simple one isn't it and it's because it's easy to implement isn't it if it's easy to understand as you say confusion Um, Mm. if it's easy to understand and easy to implement then you've got it so uh, yeah absolutely fine
0: so when you ask about things that have changed within my business that has made a big impact for me when lockdown hit i was doing two days a week in other people's businesses so i was doing uh, one day a week in a payroll business one day a week in a recruitment business and i was managing their sales team and helping them to be more effective to generate more sales and blah 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 Um, and what i was always conscious of was that i was growing their business while i was alienating growing my own and there was one particular moment where i was sat in with the sales director who I was working really closely with and the two other directors and i remember saying to them if you enjoy what you're doing you'll never work a day in your life with the old mm-hmm. Ziglar stuff and as i walked out of that meeting we we're going across the road to prate to get some lunch as i'm coming down the stairs i had an email about a furniture installed where there'd been a bit of an issue with it and i was going to have to manage it and deal with it and i remember thinking i've just come out of there telling them if they enjoy what you do what they do they'll never work and i'm now going to have to deal with this thing that i'm not passionate about in the slightest because I haven't got my sort of ducks in a row to make sure things are in the right order. So, for me, one big thing that came about from that was that I changed the model of my business to working individually in certain businesses to do more group coaching stuff so that I could have more impact.